lo que here my name is Albert Garcia and we are here with your Keloke podcast your place for finding out just who exactly is doing stuff in our community making an impact uh, and being Dominican at the same time so I'm here <laughs> as always with my I'm um, smart intelligent my Good lovely co-host uh, Vanessa Fernandez lovely Venus Keloke que lo que aquí guayando la yuca y llorando y ahora porque tú those are such kind words like the lágrimas que me están saliendo las lágrimas you deserve all of it you deserve all of it well, look we're here today I think a lot of last couple of weeks we've been doing a lot of conversations with um, a lot of powerful people um, leaders in their own right um, a lot of it in, in terms of politics but politics is not the only way that our people are leading and so um, we're here with with one of the folks here in Miami who's doing really, really great things, a leader in her own right, Gabriela Gabi Guzman. And she's really dedicated to helping women see their own power with through connection and community, joy and authenticity. She is La Madrina of Miami's La Comadres Network, a community of women entrepreneurs committed to uplifting one another in life and in business. And outside of that, she also hosts masterminds and other online experiences that enable women to achieve the clarity, the support, and the courage that they need to start and grow their own business. So a real dynamic, you know, woman in her own right. Sí. I mean, no, porque aquí tú sabes, no somos anybody that's out here. So, you know, you no, know that. not anybody. No. So, mira, Gabby, que lo que? Que lo que? Let's jump into the conversation, you know, Digano, you know, tell us a little bit about your journey. You know, you know, how did you how did you get here to Miami and and how did you go up creating this important space for Latinas here in Miami? So I actually got to Miami when I was 19 and wow. it was unexpected. Let's say it was like a very random set of circumstances that were totally outside of my original plan. So I grew up in Santo Domingo. I was already like a 19. I was already like in college, working, living with my parents, as you do down there. Actually, as you do in Miami also. <laughs> <laughs> and out of nowhere, my mom gets like transferred as um, an expatriate to work in Miami. And so my entire family moves to Miami. Uh, college here at UM and promptly move the hell out of here as soon as I can. Like this is Miami circa 2000. And it was a huge culture shock for me. Like I was not having it. I did not enjoy it. I did not like it. So I lived in the Northeast for about 10 years before I came back again uh, seven years ago. Um, and then it's like a long drawn out story, but wound up working in advertising here, starting my own business, realizing that I really, really enjoyed working with women. Um, and over the past four years, I've been doing that. And Las Comadres as a community is a year old now. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank Felicidades. you. Thank you. It feels very much like oh, the baby can walk now. Like, <laughs> like, that's what it feels like. Oh, like, I don't have to, like, be so... It's like, the baby can walk now. We're kind of like, go off, baby. You know? It's very cool. No, it sounds real that. cool. But, you know, tell us how your Dominican culture has kind of, like, impacted your your business sensibilities, right? For, for yeah. both in the good and in the bad. Right? Oh, my God. Well, I'll... I'll sh the good comes to mind first, which is, like, the whole reason why I even decided 
to start a community. Um, I mean, I grew up, I grew up with like the door open and people always cooking for the people that were going to show up, you know, like cooking for extra people in my house. Um, I lived, I lived in Naco and it was like very central to a lot of people. And so like, it was the kind of house where people just drop by all the time. It was like, whether it was my, my siblings, friends or my parents' friends and, and, you know, my grandparents lived next to us. Like there was just like such my other grandparents or aunts or uncles could just like walk over to our house. Like there was such a deep rooted sense of belonging and community that I grew up taking for granted completely. Um, I remember the first time that I ever had a meal outside of my house by myself was in the UM cafeteria <laughs> and like tears were streaming down my freaking face. <laughs> Cause I was like in DR, you're never alone. No, like you're never alone. Alone. You're like, I, I mean, I was, I started college down there and I would like, like, like 20 of us were sitting around the table and it was like super loud. And there's just this sense of like you, you being like around your people all the time, almost to a fault, but like, also like, it's something that I didn't realize how, how important it was for me. Um, until I, until I didn't have it. And then found myself feeling the need to create it like very intentionally in Miami. And how, wow. and how, how was that in Miami, right? I mean, Miami is a, a special place in all types of, in, in all types of it, right? Like yeah. how was the, the, and people always talk here in Miami about the difficulty of creating community yeah. in the space. So tell us a little bit about that, about how, you know, like, how was that like, how was that different, especially in a place where, I mean, this is not like New York, where there's a huge public Dominican community, right? So in cre yes. recreating that, how did that go about? So I'll, I'll share a little bit about the context of that too, because I, um, I lived in Brooklyn for eight years. And I had this soup, this is before children, but I had this super like dreamy little, like most of my friends lived within a 10 block radius of my house. I could like get off the subway after a long day at work and walk into one of five bars without telling anybody and know that I was going to, first of all, I was friends with the bartenders or I was oh, going to, I was run, I was going to run into people that I know and love without having to even like say anything. And so there was like a real people could people drop by all the time. So like there was just an ease to that connection and that I like found myself moving to Miami and like desperately, desperately missed it. Um, I live in South Miami and for those locals, essentially like us one stands between us <laughs> and traffic in this town is bananas. And it was just like, there's all these excuses. Like life just seems like more of a hustle. Um, in some ways, in some other ways, obviously New York is New York, but just the, the, the simple fact of getting together with some friends, um, seemed like a mission. And then what I started to notice is that for a lot of the women entrepreneurs that I was working with, including myself, it was women that like, maybe were coming from a corporate space and decided to quit and like start their own thing. And then they realized that like, their life became like them alone with their laptops in their living room in pajamas. And they were feeling lonely and they were feeling disconnected and they were feeling uninspired and they were feeling unsupported. And I was sort of the person that they all came with these complaints. And I was like, well, I know five other women that feel the exact same way in your neighborhood. <laughs> so like, why don't y'all get together? And I realized that we needed intentionality, that we needed a framework, that we needed structure, that 
it wasn't just going to happen because maybe you'd have one good month where you got together, but then the next three months life got busy and you didn't. And so Las Comadres became this like a space that you say yes to. Like I say yes to community. I say yes to committing to each other. I say yes to showing up for myself more bravely and more boldly. And so we built in the intentionality so that those connections can actually happen. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find it more difficult? Um, because you know, there's a lot of networking and things like that. But I see that you know you're very okay. Se llama comadres. You know, as 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 moms, do you find women? You know, remove the fact that somos dominicano because that's already one layer. I but know. as women, as working moms, that is just harder to find, and especially in a place like Miami where it's, we're so spread apart because New York and a few other areas I've lived in other places that it's just, it's more condensed. Yes. Miami, Miami date is just spread apart. Yes. You know, you have to be in a car it's not about, you know, you could be 15 minutes away, but it's 15 minutes in a car. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. no, I think that the, the difference is quality and depth of connection. Because if you know that what's waiting for you on the other side of that 45 minute car ride is like deep sisterhood, support, a place where you can walk in and be yourself and you know you're going to be supported and accepted and welcomed and inspired, like you'll get on the car. You'll get in the car for 45 minutes. Like you'll do the thing. It's almost like really understanding what's possible and like believing in yourself and giving yourself a chance to create that, you know, like I am over here like quietly and loudly advocating for public transit and for all of the things that are going to help us be a better city. But in the meantime, we still got to live. And so we do it however we can do it. That is very, very true. Mm -hmm. It's it's definitely true. Um, You know, we, we live in a time and place where there's a lot of privilege, right? From, yeah. from racial and gender to economic and, and all that's being challenged. So, so how do you see that playing out, especially in Miami, you know, where, you know, some line, you know, where Latinos might be considered minorities nationally, but in some ways they're part of a, a local you know, majority that, that wields power. And that, how is that in some ways also impacted, impacted your community building efforts? Yes, I I love this subject, and um, Elbert, you know that I don't shy away from um, strong opinions <laughs> and political perspectives, which is which has been a really interesting and fine line with me because I feel like even in my own business brand, I'm more bold about it. But I I definitely wanted Las Comadres to be a more open and inclusive space, while still proudly. Um, proudly expressing and living our values, right? And so for me, one of the things that's most important about Las Comadres, um, which we always get to clarify because the name might imply that it's for Latinas, um, Las Comadres is for all self-identifying women. And there are women in this community that are like 21 years old. And there are women in this community that are in their late 50s. And I love that we get to learn from each other. Um, the other day we had a co-working day cause we have a monthly co-working day and somebody was like, this is like a Benetton ad. Like there's like women here from India, from South Korea, like women, like African-American women, like Latinas, like to me, like wh- I really want this community to be a reflection of what the city looks like as a whole. And I say that as like, you know, with full consciousness that, I understand that like within us and our communities, like black women need spaces that are just black women. Lord knows Dominicans need spaces that are just Dominican, you know, like that we need that. 
And at the same time, I do think that there is space for some spaces where we all come together as women, as self-identifying women. And so I want Las Comadres to be one of those spaces. And so like, I've tried to be as intentional as possible with building relationships and getting out of like the just having friends of friends because that keeps it in a little bubble. Mm-hmm. Right. Like how do how do we as the leaders of this community position ourselves and build relationships outside of our little bubbles so that we can have other women like know about us? And if they resonate with what we're having to what we're sharing, that there can be that connection and that exchange and they can be part of this community, too. You know, you, you talked a little bit about about the politics, right, in terms of all of that and of that me around. Like, how, you know, how do you balance that? And also you know, in, a, in, a, in a business environment, right? Like as an entrepreneur where yeah. we know that sometimes, especially nowadays, um, businesses can either be uplifted or shunned by the political stances that they either take or are perceived as taking. Yeah. I mean, I think that we are lucky that we live in like a special kind of bubble in Miami where Latinos are the majority. Um, and I say that um, with a grain of salt as well, because I totally acknowledge that like I can pass as white and I sound like my English is pretty good. So I can move through the world with a great deal of privilege than maybe like the black Cuban that got here yesterday or the black Dominican that got here yesterday would never experience. Right. So like that's part of it. And that's part of like the, what plays out in Miami, that colorism and that like BS between us as Latinos. Um, but I don't know. I feel like at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just trying to be like a space where like, it's, it's interesting for me. Like I, I struggle with when you have somebody in the white house who has made it a point to like poop on your people every day, it's really hard to like stay objective and non-political, right? Like right. it's almost like, really, like, really like every day you're going to give me a reason to like get political. And so, uh, I feel like if you as an organization or as a community has the values of empathy, decency, respect, like love, compassion, inclusivity, those values, if you look at me dead in the eye, are the antithesis of the man that is in the White House right now. And so if I proudly come out into the world and express those values as what we stand for, and you feel connected to this, you are welcome here. And like, we'll see where that lands. You know what I mean? But I do, I have been trying really hard to not like, because I used to just be angry all the time with this whole thing. And I realized that for me, I do think that there are people that get to be angry as often as they want. I don't think it's a sustainable strategy for organizing activism or for mental health. Um, but there is space for anger. And I think like, we're all trying to figure it out. You know, um, one of the things that I, the only thing that I say very upfront in the community is that I, we as women and and as comadres, we cannot be leaders unless we are also caring about what's going on in our community. So it's not about you being a leader because like you, your business is killing it. Like that's not enough. You get to, you get to know what's happening in the neighborhood, five neighborhoods down from you and care about that we get to know that it's election day and you get to vote. I'm not telling you how to vote, but you get to get your ass to the polls. You get to register. So like, those are the things that we talk about in this space. Um, and as far as like how far we take it, honestly, it's like a daily feeling it out thing. 
what what's been your the biggest surprise that in terms of this journey that you've done right like um and especially now being responsible right for for not just a community building effort but also a community sustaining effort right what's been some of the the surprises or, or aha moments maybe that 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 you got kind of reflect on i mean just in, in terms of general community building yeah I feel like, I mean, in terms of just how much we needed this, like how much we needed this. And I just think that we forget that as people, we are wired for a connection. And there, we, like the women on this part of the world, we grow up with an understanding that we are less than, like we are taught that we are less than, we are taught that we are not as capable, that we are not as um, smart, that we need to, that there are limited spots for us at the top. And so we need to fight each other for those spots. Um, There is a limited amount of love. There is a limited amount of abundance. Like that's the BS that we get fed. And you realize, like you just comes a moment, like you wake up one day and you're like, this is all the patriarchy. This is bullshit actually where like our natural state as women is in supporting each other and helping each other. Like, and what would happen, like how freaking revolutionary it is to talk about like, Oh wow. What happens if I stop believing that I need to mistrust other women? Like what happens if I drop the guard and the mask and the wall and I just like let somebody in and I allow myself to get vulnerable in front of a woman that I just met, like what would be possible then? And sort of like, I really like my biggest goal is to create spaces that invite you to do that, where you feel safe and supported. And like, and then, and then then it's just a matter of like stepping back and watching the magic happen because like that is our natural state. Like I think men are a lot more like self-driven and like, like men also work really well with like mentor relationships. But what happens when a group of women like form in an intimate circle, like it's magic. And so like allowing ourselves the opportunity to have that way more in our lives um, and see what comes of it. Like what version of you gets up from that floor or to your table, right? And like, what are you willing to do? Like, that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to make space for. You know, I have a question, uh, you know, for the, for those listeners out there that have not attended one of your meetings, but they're hearing you yeah. passionately speaking about what can maybe before we go there or that we can look at ourselves as women, Dominican women, as Latina women, Afro-Latina, all the names that we can put together and maybe look at ourselves and try to focus on one thing today that we can take away to try to change that that because it is true you know growing up in a latino culture you know you know the the women as much as we are run the house we are also the the cleaners we were told that this is what we do and etc etc and as much as people don't want to say it they have it so what can maybe you can give one of our listeners or all our listeners one thing they can focus on today to make them kind of change and say oh my god I'm going to say something that like, I feel like definitely I, I probably say it out loud because I am Dominican, but like even just notice how many times during the day you gossip. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, no me gusta, pero me entretiene. <laughs> like, right. Notice how many times in the day. And sometimes like, listen, there's like, you could gossip about politicians and like people like notice how many times you gossip about other women. 
right? Like, are you talking smack about other women? And like, just catch yourself. Also, like, and that also seems to be like, because for me, I know this is really funny. Like, I have been cutting that out in my life for like 10 years. But if I get together with another Dominican, that little part <laughs> of me just like wakes up. And it's like, all of a sudden, I find myself in this little, like, I've got it a tangent. And we are like, acabando con todo el mundo, like one person at a time. And it's like, oh my God, this is not good energy. <laughs> I love how you said it woke up. Like, estaba durmiendo y sleeping beauty se levantó y dijo, espérate, espérate, tengo chisme. I know, tú no sabes. Like, you know, but like, the reality is, listen, I mean, we're not robots. Like, it's going to happen from time to time. But if you are engaging in that kind, if that's what you're talking about on a day-to-day -day basis, you're actually actively keeping yourself small. Like, what would happen if we started talking about each other? Like, you know, what are you excited about right now? Like, what scares you right now? What are you challenged with? How can I help you? Like, are you sad? The other day when I called you five times and you didn't pick up the phone, were you okay? Like, what would happen? It's almost like, and I think that this is very, I find if this is a Latino thing, I don't know, but this is particularly Dominican. Like, I was talking to somebody about this. We show love by messing with each other. Like, it is, it is a Dominican love language to like relajar y joder and like, and like, it, that is a Dominican love language, right? But it is also, as beautiful as it is, it is also a way of deflecting vulnerability and yes. authenticity, right? Because if I'm here, like, I'm like the crazy one in my family. I'm the black sheep that signs up for all the like a personal no, no, no. development, cuckoo, woo woo, witchy shit. Right? <laughs> um, I didn't even ask if I could curse. It's okay. No, yeah. It's yeah. And, so, I, and it's really funny because my family like always makes fun of me for it. But it's also an opportunity to be like, oh, I'm not going to talk about what's going on in this little heart of mine and what might need some personal development in here because I'm having too much fun making fun of you. Right. So Same. like that whole like gossip and making fun of people and putting other people down, it's, it's like low vibrational energy. That's not uplifting us. And so like, even just the awareness of catching yourself when you are engaging in that, I think is like a really powerful way to start breaking out of it. Well, you know, I'm on this. I'm a host on this show, so she's my bochiche. I can try. I feel like it's, there's like there's like chisme, and then there's like chisme con maldad. You know what I mean? No, sí, sí, hay diferente. There is there. And so, yeah, because I mean, it's our national pastime. We're not going to give it up completely. But yeah, I was no, going to just say today will be hard for me. <laughs> maybe mañana. <laughs> just a little bit, you know. A twist here and there, you know. Yes. 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 Here and yes. there. I, I think that, but I think what it's also amazing, and 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 what's also amazing to see is how you balance this not only in your public but also as a parent, right? You know, raising yeah. a son, you know, trying to figure that out. Um, the truth is, is that especially Dominican, you know, Dominicans live in this this kind of contradictions, right? And that like yeah. we've got powerful women, um, and yet. The Dominican Republic has one of the highest femicide rates in the Caribbean, right? Like it's, yes. it's this constant, you know, this contradiction there, right? And so, um, especially in a place like Miami, you have a ton of powerful women leaders, and yet, it's not 
Right. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm curious to see, like, what's your perspective about, like, how do you break that? Like, how, you know, like, how does that get, how does that get dispersed? Right. Like, how are we innate? Are, how are we able to provide the space, especially as men, to allow our women to succeed, right? Because they're not just people we know. There are mothers, there are sisters, there are sister friends, you know, like how do, how, how do we do that? Especially, you know, in a place like here that is yeah, very much a very like patriarchal, padrino kind yeah. of, you know, place. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, where I have found, and this is like the way that I feel like I can be overtly political is that, I firmly believe that when we create spaces for women to be like authentically who they really are and to come from their actual real power, they walk out into the world more whole and they don't walk out into the world with something to prove. And so they are able to hold space for everybody in their life, including the men in their life in a different way. And I honestly like, get to to get to the bottom of it like i feel like as women we are way more powerful than we realize and like a woman who is a mother and a wife and is feeling that way about herself has the ability to impact like every everybody around her including the men like one of the things that i've always thought it's a really interesting statistic is that men who are ceos who are fathers of daughters are so much more likely to favor policies that favor women And so like, it's about like, and that shouldn't like, yes, that shouldn't have to happen. But um, we're talking about thousands and thousands of years that we're trying to like fix here, right? And to balance out. And so I do think that women get to, there's like a couple things. As women, we get to realize that we can access real power from a deeply feminine place that it doesn't mean that for us to be powerful, we don't have to become men. Right. So whatever that means that that's not where our power is going to come from. Um, and men get to soften too. like men get to access vulnerability. Men get to do the dishes and, and like the diapers and those things as well. And like, we get to like, we can still have a balance of masculine and feminine energy, like within us and in our relationships. But I think that having that foundation in the home is not going to, because to me, like all of those, all of those chauvinist pigs at the end of the day, like the way that I see they're wounded little boys on the inside. I know it's really hard to think of them that way because they're out there doing really horrible things, but inside that guy, like if you sat that guy with Tony Robbins for five minutes, he'd be in tears right? Like they are wounded little boys. And so like what is happening in their lives that gets to just like exacerbate that wound that they feel like they have to put women down in order to be powerful, right? It's almost like there has to be spaces in their lives where that message gets reinforced. And so, yeah, it's like, I feel like it it starts in the home. It starts in like, who are the women around you? Like many times, and we know this as Dominicans, like the biggest machistas are the mothers. Well, I can, I can say that for, for a fact, uh, you know, uh, sometimes I, I have to catch myself on both sides. Yeah. I have three boys and you know, 
you grow up, I have, I have younger brothers, I have brothers, and, you know, my dad would say one thing to, you know, I, I wasn't allowed to do things, certain things, but, but they were, the boys were and then, yeah. you know, and then I, now I have children, and, and I have three boys, and I'm just like, okay, tú no puedes hacer esto, but then I'm like, I also have, I'm also a person that realizes everybody's individual, yeah. So sometimes I kind of look at my children and when people say, well, the way you, the way you, my dad tells me all the time, Pero tú no habla con este, como tú habla con este, you're softer with him. And then it's because I realized that I have one child that's a little bit more sensitive yeah. and I hear from my dad, Pero tú sabes, arregla eso. and I'm like, I don't know how yeah. to fix if somebody just is more sensitive, like. I mean, if I, explain to you, if I explain to you how concerned my father was that my two-year-old son, when he was two, was watching Dora the Explorer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that concerned. Oh, wait, wait, wait. My dad took my kids to Disney and my son wanted to go, you know, Disney, Disneyland, yeah. no, Disney World, the World. one here. Okay. And he wanted to go to Cinderella's Castle. And my dad was like, and I was like, well, first of all, did you ask him why he wanted to go there? And he goes, no. I was like, so I told my son, hey, why do you want to go there? He goes, have you seen how beautiful she is? And not that it mattered, but it's interesting just following through the thought, right? Yeah, because yeah, he was like, okay, but yeah, he was just thinking castle, you know what I mean? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, he was, I was just like, he just wants to see a beautiful woman. That is very Dominican. That's very mad. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think like we're in an interesting place, right? I think like we are this generation in between. Yes. That's trying to do it differently. And we also get to give ourselves a break because sometimes like it feels like way more than one generation between us and our parents. Yeah, and you also talked about women. Um, you made a statement that how sometimes we feel a little. I guess a little masculine or, or not yeah. masculine enough. And, and as a single parent, you know, I understand that struggle. You know, what can you, what else can you tell, the, you know what I mean? Like what advice or coaching or whatever yeah. you can tell them, because I know it's a, it's a hard balancing act. And especially when you add the fact culturally, yes. you know what I mean? Like it, there's another level of yeah. You know, when you, you want to be independent, have your own business, but then, you know, if you do too much, you know, they start questioning. And then it's, it's that added struggle. So yeah. I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I can only speak on, on behalf of myself. Yeah. But I feel that when we're in certain, especially when you add certain cultures, especially, you know, the, the Latin culture, yeah. it has that 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 extra level of they want you to succeed you know what I mean in what you want to do but as long as it doesn't take away your motherly your feminine yeah. touch in yeah. life I I mean I honestly think that a, 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 one of the ways that I see a lot of uh, single mothers like um, shoot ourselves in the foot is like is this feeling of and it's like, it's not that it comes out of nowhere because it's the messages that we get our whole lives, right? Like, um, I remember like 
my mom signing me up for classes after school, like go learn French. So you never have to depend on a man. It was like, <laughs> not because like French might be useful for you in the future. It's like from the beginning. So you never have to depend on a man, you know? And it's like, okay, what's wrong with men? Okay. Message received. I'm just 12, but I'm here. Um, and so, but it's like the messages that they got and like that their parents got. Right. And so like really as women, I think that we have this, like, we, we, a lot of us come out of relationships with children and we're like, that's it. Just say madre padre. Like I have to now do everything by myself. Like nobody can do this right. Nobody can help me. And you almost like wear that as an armor. That like you, you got effed, like now you're stuck. And I honestly think that one of the most revolutionary things that we can do as women is ask for help. Ask for help. Ask for help. (laughs) Unapologetically. Espérate. Cuéntame. Está diciendo. Preguntar por ayuda. To say, ayúdame. Ayúdame. No, but it's true. I, I, I will agree. And unfortunately, some of us learn that, you know, too late or not at all. Yeah. But, um, no, and I yeah. think that, like, this is another thing which my Dominican upbringing, like, helps because, like, we grew up in a society where, like, community is just so present and everybody's helping each other. And I think, like, here, and especially in a city like Miami, like, you shut your door, you don't know who your neighbor is, like, everybody's out for them, like, this whole capitalism BS that everybody's out for themselves. And, like, like if you, if you got screwed, then that's on you. Sucks to be you kind of thing where there might be a lot of people in your circle that you don't even know that would gladly be part of a network to help each other out. Whether it's like, I want to go on a date with this amazing man I just met. Can I drop off my kid at your house? Can he sleep over? Like, I'll pick him up in the morning. Like, oh, oh like, I'm really sick. I need somebody to bring us food. Like, like and, and to, to realize how much people actually want to help each other and we're just all being like righteous about our suffering and not acknowledging that we all need it. Yeah. Right? Oh, no matter what your, your, your economic situation and, you know, we yeah. forget that we, we as humans, we need each other. So we need each other. So that alone, like just start asking for help in your life and like believing yourself deserving of it. And you'll find that you're like so happy to do it back for other people. Right. And a lot of us do a lot for others and we'll never ask for ourselves. Right. And, and, And that's, and it's the learning of how to do it. Right. Because I think there's also, there is a martyrdom syndrome, right? There is this thing, especially if it's your kid, you know, and right. And so then, and then you, you, you know, it's, it's about asking for help and also, you know, figuring out how to do it without, you know, without destroying yourself in the process. Right. I mean, like exactly. that, that, that's just as hard, right. Than sometimes having, you know, the heart to do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, it's very difficult. Yeah. It's, it's a weird balancing act. Yeah. Really, this, is, this is mango for your soul, folks. This is mango oh, for your yes. soul. You know, it, it, this could be like another section of the podcast. You know, this is, this is what it is. But the truth <laughs> is, you know, we like to say things and give ourselves comfort because these are the things that we need to survive and to get ahead. But you can't have mangu without los tregos. Oh, yeah. 
Mira, vine, este. Se tiró a comadre de los tres golpes. Yo necesito saber que tú estás preparada. <laughs> you are ready for the tres golpes. Ven para acá. <laughs> Yo no puedo dar tres golpes a todo el mundo, tú sabes. <laughs> Not everybody can take it. Tú sabes, tú le puedes dar lo angú, pero... I know, los otros tres. <laughs> los otros tres. So, ¿tú estás preparada? You ready? I'm ready. Ok. Merengue bachata. Merengue, every day. Every day, all day. Oh, every day. Oh, every day, all day. En mi casa es un merengue ochentero pretty much every day. Oh, wow. So I guess blame, I'm going over tomorrow. Oh blame, blame the immigrant nostalgia. Los Rosarios sí. are like 30 in my house. Okay. Yes. Ready? Yes. Maduro Totone. You know what? I used to be mad. I used to be Totones, but I'm a Maduro girl these days. Oh. Yeah. Miami has sweetened you up. Is that what Miami it is? Miami has sweetened me up. The cu it's the Cubans. I blame the Cubans. <laughs> 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 I blame the Cubans for my, my switch from Totones to Maduros. That is hilarious. Well, the this is the hardest one of all. You, I need you to respira, respira. Yeah. I need to make sure it's good. Morir soñando o con chiclo? Uy, here's how I'm going to tell you. Ah, porque This siempre tiene que ser una experiencia. Esto tiene una historia. Historia, <laughs> a mí me gusta. Thanksgiving y Navidad. Tú coges una licuadora, a blender, right? And you put con chiclo rojo. With vanilla ice cream and brugal. Fíjate. Oh, oh, con era. Y corazón... You're going to have a very fun time. Mira, okay, espérate, espérate. Dame receta otra vez. Dame esa receta otra vez. I need the recipe rojo, one more time. The red one. Because okay. I'm not even going to call that a fruit. That's just red. It's, it's like the flavor of red. It's like red drink. It's red, yeah, it's like purple drink. Right? Vanilla ice cream and brugal rum. The, I'll, I'll, leave the, I'll leave the quantities up to you. Tú sabes, pero... Put it in a blender. Pero fun. mi mente, mi mente, estoy diciendo, diablo, eso sí está bueno. No, está oh, bueno yeah. ahora. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, like, I might not wait for Thanksgiving. No. I might wait for tomorrow. You know, we're always wondering what you'd have for liquid lunch over here in Quiloquep. So, so this know, is actually like pretty good. Now, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. That, that's, I love it. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. Um, mm -hmm. Mira, este, now I'm still stuck on this, on this, on this mixture of things. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm kind of thrown off. I'm like, I mean, like, like, I'm right now, I'm like, why can't we just have a blender on the show? No, like, we need a cooking section. No, we, this is the second time where we got in real, like, really good. Listen, our food again. is one of our greatest gifts. <laughs> Well, I'll just, I'm going to throw it out to the, to the listeners. If they want us to add special episodes of Receta Recipes, I know. you know, Que Lo Que Cooking podcast, <laughs> let us know. And you can send it to about. us in our email, tigres at que lo que podcast .com. That's tigres oh, at que lo que podcast .com. You know, 
we love passing it forward. I mean, the fact that you gave us a gift here with this, you know, with I would say our holiday, new holiday recipe is really, really good. <laughs> um, but you work with a lot of fantastic people, right? So, yes. so who are some, you know, who you would say were some folks who people you should be using the Google, look them up, Instagram, you know, who is it some folks that you think folks got to know or, or are doing some really great things that, that deserve a little bit of a shout out? Oh, my God. There's so many people. There's so many people. I mean, here's what I'll do. Go to slash directory and you will check out 150 <laughs> badass women business owners in okay, my Mama, Mama dice no otra vez. Otra vez. slash directory. And you get right all first, of the gems. People. There is everybody there from artists to accountants. Um, and they are all like soulful, creative, badass women that are doing business in South Florida and could use your support. Um, yeah. So that's, that's what I'll say. <laughs> I like it. She yeah. gave us 150 people. Eso right. mucha gente, mucha gente. Es, 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 es una poeta suena como un político dominicano. No, como que que sí. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> And the good ones, and the good ones. And the good I know, ones. right. You know, and the good ones, not the bad ones, not the bad ones. <laughs> I surprised myself just now. <laughs> no, no, we like it. I think that's the way to go. That's the way to go. Yeah. Mira, Gabby, it's, look, it's been a pleasure in terms of having you here on the show. It, uh, it's not the last time. We certainly want to invite you back um, to tell us more things that you're doing. Um, you know, I, I guess the last question, or, or at least last thinking thoughts, um, similar to what Venus was asking before, you know, what are, would you say are the three essential things since we just came out talking about Tre Golpes? What are the yeah. three kind of essential things that you would say to any woman entrepreneur, you know, especially down here in Miami, but what are the three things that you would say that they either should have or should want to have um, as they launch, you know, their entrepreneurial dreams? Okay. Let's see. Three big things. Number one is make friends with other women entrepreneurs because your friends that have nine to fives love you and they're not going to get it. Um, you get to make friends with other people that are in the same world, right? Number two is understand that part of this is going to imply you investing in yourself. Um, as entrepreneurs, we forget no matter what we're building that a big part of the puzzle is who we are. And so investing in your own personal development and your own leadership development, um, in your own knowledge is part of the equation in a way that perhaps it wasn't if you're coming from like a corporate space or a nonprofit space or like just a full-time job space. Um, and number three, you know what I want to say is give yourself some damn grace, like give yourself a break because we as women are deeply perfectionist with ourselves and it is very damaging and like, I was literally talking to somebody the other day, like, this is like a, an amazing, brilliant and talented black man in America. And he was like, Gabby, like the reason that you're feeling insecure about this is because you're a woman. <laughs> He's like, even me being who I am, like I was raised to think like, you know, I can, I can try this. I can mess it up. I can do it again, do it again. But for women, we have so much pressure. We put so much pressure on ourselves that like, if I'm going to, if I'm not, a, if I'm 99.9% .9 ready, I won't do it because I'm not 100% ready. 
right? Like, and, and we, we put so much pressure on everything having to be perfect. And so just giving yourself some grace in that process is, is one of the most revolutionary things I think that we could do for ourselves is just be like, Oh, I messed that up and that's okay. And that's not the end of the world. And I'm going to try again tomorrow and like, just keep going, you know? God, wow. It, it, see, <laughs> it's a fue duro, right? it's but true. it's very true. It's very true what you said. Um, you know, I think in in life in general, most people don't give that pause for yeah. themselves. Yeah. I think we all need it, no matter what gender, race, religion you are. It's, it's giving that that pause because society doesn't allow you to have that pause. And especially more so women um, that sometimes we we are innately like from the womb we are perfectionists we are people that that we have so much even if you don't have children there's there's a, a different level of of what are in our DNA of like wanting and yeah. of doing and responsibility yeah. that that really I know that it hit home for me and I know it probably hit home for a lot of our female listeners yeah. but men you're not left out you know <laughs> but well, you get, um, our men get to support us and remind us that it's going to be okay that tomorrow's yeah. the other day you know that we don't have to be so hard on ourselves and that's hard. That they love us. They, they they love us. You know, even without the maquillaje. <laughs> you know what I love that's also going on here. That Albert is the father of a daughter. You are yeah. the mother of sons, and I am the mother of a son. And so, like, we get to like, we get to do a lot of healing with our parental relationships in terms of those gender dynamics. And we are showing our children a different way, right? Like, we're showing them a different way to be a woman. You're showing her a different way to be a man, and like. To me, that's like, that is the work right there. Like, if that's all I ever do, I'm gold. Look, we're always learning and listening. Mm-hmm. Mira, Albert. Hey, Mira. Mira. And, you know, I'm, I'm never speechless. And, you know, I think it's one of the <laughs> But I think, I think it's... I think it's true. And, and I think what you say, Gabby, is true. You know, like I've worked for powerful congressmen, governors and things like that. And every day since I became a father, if that's the one thing, you know, is on my epitaph, then that's the one mm-hmm. thing. Right. So um, it took a long time to figure to figure that out. Uh, uh, figure that one out. Um, as always, you know, Gary, we could talk for hours. Some of Dominicanos, I'm sure we could meet up. And when we have that Politica conversation, I'm sure we'll make sure, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll I'm bring bringing the in. blender. <laughs> and bring the blender. But please, that's, bring the that's, blender. that's number one. <laughs> I'll, I'll, bring, I'll, bring, I'll bring the country clue because <laughs> Albert knows that I am trying to um, hound them to, <laughs> to make it more accessible. Ish. To bring it into more them. stores. Yes. And, and Venus knows, a mi me gusta the red, you know? So, yes. <laughs> like, that's my first. So, it should be really good. Before we leave, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, you got some plans coming up, something that, that our folks, especially down here in Miami, um, to know, I think you, you said every month you guys have, you have a co-working space, but you know, it's, it's, it's November. We're getting close to Thanksgiving and small so, business Saturday. Yes, you small business Saturday, we have a bazaar coming up. And so there are over 20 women in the community who are going to be vending and showcasing, you know, their, their crafts, their makers, their artists. And we also going to have a series of workshops and activities for children. So I am sure like in any, whether you follow on Instagram or on the website, you can get the details for the small business Saturday. Saturday, Las Comadres Bazaar. 
Yeah. We'll make sure oh, folks yo, know I'm that. We'll be... put it on our Facebook and our social media. Uh, so I'll you can meet at least ahí. 20 of these Yay! folks. And maybe Venus, you can give us some special uh some special insights or, or sound. That's from, true. You know? I'm yes, because I'm gonna be back in Bautizo <laughs> and I'm gonna oh, be there yeah. con mi traje. <laughs> oh, man. as as always, this has been great. Thank you, Gabby, for coming in and, and giving Thank us a little you, bit of your, your so time. Fun. Venus, thanks a lot for uh, for holding it down as you always do. You know, as, uh, uh, it's my pleasure. It's <laughs> mi placer, mi orgullo. Um, and Gabby, as a female and as a mom, and also as a, a co-host to the show, gracias. Thank you. You have uh, opened up our eyes, not only to myself, but I'm pretty sure our listeners. And we only send you much love and blessings to continue to grow. Uh, and we look forward to having you back again. Oh, anytime you guys want. I, Blender. I love this page. You've created something really beautiful. So thank and, you. Thank you. And thanks again to our listeners out there, everyone who turned in, um, whether it's 15 minutes or you stay through the entire thing. And as we say here at Caloque, as long as there's good bonchinche to spread and Dominicans <laughs> doing great things, Caloque will always be there. Thanks a lot, folks. Thank you.